Days after the parade marking the Union occupation of the city, Captain Finian McKee felt he'd arrived in a paradise of blue sky and balmy breezes. Boston had nothing like this lush growth of exotic blooms and fragrant vines. He marched his detachment up Magazine Street, his senses open to the scents and sounds and sights of New Orleans, particularly the female sights. His gaze followed a fetching bell in laces and ribbons. You know anything about foundries, Captain? Lieutenant Dobbs asked. Not a thing, you? No, sir. I was a clerk before the war. And I was a bookseller. And a poet, but Finn seldom mentioned that. Back in Boston, he belonged to the number one rowing club on the Charles River, and he'd found the lads appreciated his stamina far more than they did his verses. As a signal officer, he ought to have been seeing to his flags and code books, but he'd riled old man Butler. When they'd dined with the garrison commander in Key West, Finn had unforgivably monopolized and flirted with the prettiest woman there, who happened to be seated at General Butler's left hand. Butler had cast a bilious, cross-eyed stare at Finn that night. This morning, Butler had taken his revenge. Get the foundry going, he'd said. The responsibility weighed lightly on his shoulders. Though he was no engineer, he imagined he'd figure it out and the morning was too fine to waste on worry. Then a last snapped a carpet on the balcony above, releasing a cascade of dust and ashes on his and Dobbs's freshly brushed blues. Compounding the affront, the girl trilled a mocking laugh. Rubbing at a cinder in his eye, Dobbs raised a fist to her. You little ho- Finn clapped a hand on his shoulder. Let it go, Lieutenant. As you well know, it could have been much worse. A couple of blocks back, there had been two ladies who cursed at him and his men, one who'd even spat at them. The spitter, before she spat, had been the picture of decorum, gray-haired, the scent of lilacs wafting from her. Finn, who was accustomed to being admired for his tall, dark looks, had accepted the gentle lady's smile as his due. Then she'd hawked at him. Once the shock wore off, he forgave the old thing. Dressed in a black gown with black lace gloves, she might be a mother who'd lost her son at Bull Run. Plus, he thought with a grin, the crone had missed him and his shiny brass buttons and caught Dobbs instead. Finn slapped his hat against his thigh to shake off the ashes and hoped they didn't come up on any more sullen ladies. Aware it would take only the smallest spark to inflame the wounded pride and heated resentment of the population, General Butler had sent down strict orders to ignore all insults. He led his men along the railroad tracks till at last they passed under a wrought iron gateway that read Shamart Boundary. His good spirits evaporated. What once must have been a well-ordered factory was now a morass of rusting machinery. Destructive, but clever, Finn admitted. They sabotaged the place, Dobbs said. They certainly did. The sluiceway from the flanking stream had been directed into the yard. Finn eyed the tangled mass of rods and vats and tools stewing in the fetid pond. Well, his small part of the war meant putting this foundry back to work. He blew out a resigned sigh. Corporal Peach? Yes, sir? Take five men and get that channel back into the stream. The rest of you have a look around. See what you can figure out. What's broken, what's not. Captain? Private Scott squeaked, pointing with a shaky hand at a slithering shape in the water. Finn eyed the inky black snake. They didn't have devils like this back in Boston, but he'd seen one in Mobile. 
the lad was white-faced, scared to death of the thing. Finn, to tell it true, felt a thrum of fear in his own gut. A cottonmouth, I believe, Private. Don't play with it. Finn turned back to survey the tangle of rotting vegetation, the wild growth of vines and weeds all around. This swampy country, with its snakes and alligators, was as much a threat as a regiment of rebel soldiers. And by now, the warm morning air was turning into an infernal, sweltering furnace. Finn's unit were Massachusetts and Rhode Island boys, and he feared someone, maybe himself, was going to fall out from the heat. Take your jackets off, men. You two lads. Help me with the cistern. He got a grip on the fallen tank, two soldiers on the other side, and together they heaved it back into its framework. Corporal Peach succeeded in redirecting the errant sluice back into the stream, then dug a couple of ditches to drain the yard. The task ahead seemed slightly less impossible with the water.